Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Thrifty Marketer Podcast. Today, we will be chatting with Brian Kramer, co-founder of H2H Group of Companies. Brian is a renowned business performance coach, global keynote speaker, executive trainer, two-time best-selling author, TED speaker, Forbes contributor, and former CEO of a Silicon Valley global marketing agency. In his business performance coaching, Brian teaches speakers, executives, and entrepreneurs how to up-level their storytelling and create more business opportunities through the H2H method. Let's listen to Brian Kramer. Today is a very, very, very special day. Very, very, very special day because today my guest is a special person in my life. Uh, there are a couple of people whom I consider uh, mentors. Even they, even even if they don't know, they are my mentors. But I consider them as my mentors. Uh, by mentors, what I mean is I try to emulate them what they do in their professional life, personal life, how they are with their family, what kind of work they do, what kind of persona they carry. I try to copy them. I try to imbibe their values. One of them is Mark Schaefer. He's my 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 favorite favorite person. Number two, the second award is. Mr. Brian Kramer. So today I have Mr. Brian Kramer with me. Uh, you, I'm pretty sure everybody knows him, but still I need to do an introduction of him. He's one of my favorite people and he's a fantastic, fantastic human being. So he is a renowned business strategist, a global keynote speaker, executive trainer and coach, two-time best-selling author and Forbes contributor. He is the former president and co-owner of Pure Matter, which is a Silicon Valley global marketing agency since 2001. The main highlight, one of the highlights of his career, he sparked the H2H, which is the human-to-human movement that set out to humanize business through simpler communication, empathy, and celebrating our imperfections. He is known as Zen Master to Digital Marketers by Forbes, He's also named as top three thought leadership speakers you don't want to miss in Forbes and top 100 most influential people on Twitter by Business Insider. He teaches speakers, executives and audiences how to level up their storytelling and how to be more compelling and clear. And he is a fantastic author. His first book, There Is No B2B or B2C, it's H2H, Human to Human. It rose to the number one spot in business books on Amazon in its first week. His second book, Shareology, How Sharing is Powering the Human Economy, again published by Morgan James, made to USA Today's top 150 book list the week of its release. So I can keep on telling the things he has done. uh, But without further ado, let me bring him on. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, my God. is my meeting <laughs> or uh, <laughs> how's it going? Going good, Brian. So, so thank you so see- much for having me on and for the wonderful, wonderful introduction and and for everything that you just said. And I'm so excited because this is the first time that we actually are seeing. Absolutely, I'm I'm super excited. That's why I got my hat on. Thanks to Lynn, I got H two H hat over here. So it was it was fantastic. You know, I I was I I wanted to ask you to come on the show for a long, long time. Then I thought, first I asked, it was the uh, beginning days of COVID and it didn't work out. Then uh, thankfully today you are here and I'm so happy about it. 
Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Uh, this year has thrown a lot of curveballs at us and, uh, you know, I'm glad it finally worked out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, Brian, you know, you might be aware of, I, I don't know whether you have caught any of the episodes of this. So I, I bring on guests who have an interesting story to tell, who have a huge body of work behind them or, you know, and sharing some of their life lessons and tips and tricks so that, you know, people can draw from that some inspiration and move on during these tough times. So that's why uh, I started the show also. So I've curated a set of questions for you. So if you're ready, we can start off directly. Let's do it. All right, fantastic. So, you know, uh, just to uh, start off, you 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 are so many things. You know, you have you wear multiple hats. You are a keynote speaker, strategist, executive trainer, coach. So if you can just take us through the journey which you have been through, in a nutshell, that would be a fantastic starting point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's I could go uh, as far back as you want me to go. I mean, the... Um, I, you know, I, I'm sorry, I'm having a human moment here. So here we go, right? Um, I seems I shaved just before we got on and I shaved right into my lip. And so I just noticed right when we got on, I am bleeding right here. So it's a human moment, right? Okay. That's, you, that's okay. <laughs> you want to um, apply something on that? Yeah, no, it's like the slight little things. So as long as I just do that, we're good. Um, good. So, uh, so, I, uh, let's see, I'm an agency person. I'm a marketing agency person. I, right out of college, I started a marketing agency work. Um, in fact, yes, I am going to get a little tissue. Give me just a second. That way I won't bleed sure. all over your show. You do some <laughs> talking, dance, do some things. I will be right back. We're having a human moment. This is what we're Fantastic. doing. No worries. All right, guys. So, uh, I'm going to ask a lot of questions to Brian about his books mainly H2H movement, et cetera, et cetera. So there are so much of good questions uh, which is going to come in. So just hang on. He's having a human moment and he's back. I'm back. I'm back <laughs> with my tissue. So, uh, so we'll just be doing, we'll be doing this every five minutes. So anyway, um, I, uh, I am an agency guy. So I started uh, my career my, I actually studied marketing uh, communications. I am um, uh, public relations with a minor in Japanese. I saw, I thought that I would be going into, hey Brad, I thought that I would be going into uh, international studies. Um, I didn't. I went into um, <laughs> I went into uh, uh, agency life because I grew up here in San Jose, California. My parents still live two miles away. And I ended up, uh, I ended up going um, uh, to work for an agency here uh, in San Jose, and that um, that propelled me into the agency kind of path. And so from there, I um, I I actually uh, ended up helping agencies to start building. Um, uh, internet web websites that back when websites were just getting started. And so they didn't right. really know how to do that and what that entailed. And so it was like merging programmers with design designers and like, how do they work together? And, right. um, I, it's not actually what, what I studied. I actually, uh, 
actually did that on my own in college and, and they liked that I had done that. So I brought that into the mix. So uh, later on, all the way down my path, um, I had grown into that role. And, um, and so I had got the chance to start doing that inside of a company. Um, it, well, uh, one of my, one of my roles was to help build, build a, an interactive firm. Um, there was three of us that started a company within a company and we grew it to uh, 75 people. And Whoa. it was really, really cool because I got to do it with somebody else's money. So that was kind of neat because <laughs> on their dime. And, um, and so a uh, little dab here. And then um, from there, um, the company sold. I didn't own the company. I had stock, but I didn't own the company. And so um, at that point is when I met Courtney and uh, we met in Washington, D.C. She at an advertising conference. She owned her own company, a, a small freelance design company. I was looking for my next thing, and we decided to get married, have kids, and start a company all in the same year. Um, Whoa. <laughs> we did long distance for two years, and then we did that. And so right. that's what happened, and uh, and we started an agency. It worked out, as you know. And for eight years, we ran an agency that uh, did – fairly well, very well, and had its moments, and then it did well again. And um, and along the way, we um, we then dealt with some very large companies, Netflix, MasterCard, Cisco, um, uh, uh, IBM, um, and we, we really cranked on some really good stuff and met wonderful people. And, and, then, when, and then that turned into um, all kinds of other things. And so that's kind of that's kind of really the impetus behind, behind the whole thing. So, yeah. Right, right. So what, what, a, what a journey, right? <laughs> Going back to those memory lanes, uh, such a fantastic long journey, I must say. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I since you are here, you are the father of this movement. So we have all heard about B2B, B2C, and then you brought up H2H. So what does H2H mean and how did that movement start? Or what, what triggered that? Yeah, that's a good story too. Um, uh, I, so I was standing, well, so we were talking about H2H a lot at Pure Matter over the course of Pure Matter, uh, right. human to human. And so that wasn't a new concept when I talked about it when it came out. Um, right. It was a new concept to everyone when they heard it. And also they had, you know, lots of people had said it before to either to themselves or, you know, maybe in small circles. Uh, when I say lots, I mean like um, in, you know, a smaller group of people. Um, right. I just was the person who am lucky, whom as I'm bleeding all over myself, I'm the person who am lucky, lucky enough to, uh, to, had have popularized it, if you if you will, and um, and so what happened is I gave a, a keynote speech at Bloomberg West to a marketing executive audience, and they were a social audience. And um, I had been speaking at that time for a good year, building my personal brand and creating a good right. social media um, um, uh, background. And a lot of people had. Um, uh, in that audience had a good following as well. So it was just a, a, the right kind of mix of people uh, at one spot, right place, right time. Right. On the screen behind me was, there's no B2B, B2C, it's HH human to human. And right. the, the moderator 
made me go back a screen. It was in the middle of the presentation. And um, and I leaned over and he asked me to go back. I leaned over and I went like this, went like this, like this. And he took a picture and everyone else then started taking a picture. And then that picture went on the, they all posted it all over the place. And that got, I think about 120 million impressions in the next 24 hours on everywhere on the internet. And so right. that kind of launched, um, what then marked the next thing that I needed know we needed to do, which was to get a, a book out because a lot of people were saying, well, what does this mean for uh, the social media at the time? Social right. media was new on the scene or newer. Uh, and what it, at the time was that anybody could talk to anybody around the world, um, which is, I mean, how we met you. Uh, were we met through social media. So had it not been social media, I wouldn't know you. And so um so human to human is the reason that I know you. It's the reason that we kind of meet and we're doing live streams where all, all these great things have happened. And and right. so um and so that's what I quick we quickly took all the work that I had written and Courtney and I and sat and edited that together in, in quite frankly in four days. But only only it took four days because I had written a lot and self-published right. it up and, uh, and that, that was kind of cool. So once that got launched, it was the right time, right place that everybody was ready for it. And HTH then propelled the rest of what, what came, which was, you know, a lot of answering and speaking and creating and content and all kinds of good things. Right, right. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, are you sure you don't want to apply anything? We can take a break totally because your lips are continuously moving. It will keep bleeding. It's okay with me. It, it actually seems to be slowing down. Yeah, because yeah. you're talking continuously. All right, no problem. All right. Are you so, okay? Is it? Is it? Uh, no, no, no. If, I'm just taking the audience. <laughs> Bonus <laughs> points, audience. Are you having a good time with my bleeding? <laughs> Give a thumbs up. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Brian, my next question will be, you know, uh, when it comes to H2H, one of the main, uh, you know, uh, features or characteristics which we talk about is empathy. Right? Empathy is a rare topic when it comes to business world. You know, people always talk about balance sheets and profits and things like that. So how can organizations and professionals, according to you, develop their empathy muscle and stay productive at the same time? How can we still find what at the same time? Say that again. Yeah, I was saying that how can organizations and individuals like us be empathetic and still meet our business goals and things like that? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah. So, well, oh my God, it's, it's, you can totally do that. That's, um, that's like how, how can a human have empathy for another human and still or, or be um, with them, right? Um, like um, I can, so I can say to you, Vivek, um, what if, what if I said to you, <coughs> I, um, you know, there, there's a, there's a global pan pandemic and I just, I feel like, you know, uh, um, you know, that, that things aren't going as, as well right now. Um, I feel for what's going on in, and you're saying this to me, I feel for what's going on in your country and, and all this stuff, but still, you know, we still have business to get done. We still have to get things done. We still have to move forward uh, together on this one project and we still got to move forward. So, 
let's have empathy. Let's talk about it. Let's make things move forward, but let's do that together in a way that honors each other. Um, right. So, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's get on the uh, zoom. And for the first five minutes, let's talk together and let's talk about the, what's going on in the world. Let's, let's have that out. And then, right. and then, and that's, then let's move forward on the project together instead of like, instead of um, hiding it, instead right. of skipping it over, you know, um, right. that's how it's done. It's, it's done with an openness and, and, and having empathy for each other by having conversations and dialogue, but doing it in that manner. Um, that's, that's having empathy is, 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 is um, opening up in dialogue with another person and, and saying, how are you doing? But it's doing it in a level three listening. It's, it's actually, when you say, how are you doing? You're actually asking them, how are you doing? You're not like, right. you're not just saying like, how are you doing? And then you're like looking around the room at something else. <laughs> you know? Got it. Got it. Got it. Absolutely. All right. So, you know, other, other thing is, uh, you know, we, we all talk about H2H, in H2H, we talk about communication a lot. So how critical is communication in creating H2H uh, philosophy? And also, what are some of the top tips if you can give for leveraging simple and open communication for organizational growth? A good one. Okay, so simple communication is, um, well, for, so a lot of times, like when we make things complex, um, we're, look at what you're writing. Look at what you're writing. Um, go into like a document that you've written, just pull something up and um, look at what, like, look at the words that you're using. I do it all the time. Right. Vivek, look at what you're writing, open up a document. And just look at it and just look at the words and go, is that word going to like make sense to someone or is that jargon? Is that right. the jargon that a company uses inside that we are all used to, but nobody else out there is used to? That's right. the stuff that is uh, that we're talking about. That's the complexity. So that's what we do in companies. We make up our own jargon and we make up our own words or we, we use words that make sense to us more. And, um, right. and we have to get away from that. We need somebody who's going to be like the, 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 the customer on the inside, somebody who's going to call us on our bullshit and is going to say right. like, we need a word that actually makes sense to them. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Because sometimes uh, we, we only consider our vocabulary and the kind of words which make sense to us, but forget about what others, the audience is going to think about it. All right. That's good. So now um, I want to talk about one of your books, your first book, which is there is no B2B or B2C. It's H to H. It's an Amazon bestseller. What are the what are the key takeaways? If somebody hasn't read it, what are the key takeaways from that book? If you can remember. If I can remember H to H. Oh, my God. It's it's only something I talk about every day. Um, right. So. Uh, well, the, the, key, the key pillars of HA are um, simplicity, empathy, and imperfection. So right. uh, you have a little fun with that. Simplicity. What company to you, Vivek, represents simplicity? Uh, for me, one is Apple. Yep. Apple. Uh, and uh, I have to think about other companies. Uh, I think... Uh, one other brand which I can think of is Burger King. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Those I, are the I might know. Which... Do you guys have In-N-Out Burger there? 
No, no, we don't have. No, probably not. Yeah, In and Out Burger has three things on their menu. Okay. Can get okay. more simple than that. Um, <laughs> and, and it's kind of funny when I'm standing behind somebody at In and Out Burger, and we've been in line for like ten minutes, and then we get up to the front, and they're and they're like they they're like, okay, come on up, and they're like, oh, I can't decide. I'm like, you've had ten minutes, three right. things. You want cheese or not? You had ten minutes. Come on. So um, anyway, I simply I think you you hit on the head with uh, like Apple, yeah, Burger King. Right. It's it, you know you can name their products. You can it's they've done a good job in defining their products, and you right. the customer can can really like um, understand them very quickly and what they offer. Now, um, uh, empathy. What what company embraces empathy for their customer? Um, yeah, I think again, it, it goes to, uh, again, Burger King is pretty good example for that. The recent, recent activities they're doing showcased much empathy for even their fraternity also. So that's Who one brand which I get. Uh, again, Burger King itself, uh, they were promoting other brands recently, their competition. It's not always go for Whopper try McDonald's, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, too, well, it's, it's a kind of an example which uh, companies are not showing for the customer, but their competition also. So that is one good example I can think of right now. That's okay. I'm going to give you one though. Okay. Do you guys have Amazon? You have Amazon? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. Um, not everybody does. I mean, Australia just got them. Um, okay. Yeah, so uh, uh, they will return anything. Right. Think about that. Right. right. Not everybody does that. Local yeah. stores, unfortunately, and I hate to, I, I love, I, I give back to local stores, so I'm not trying to bag on them, but uh, they, you know, a lot of them have restocking fees. So when you take back anything, that's a huge thing. They have empathy for their customer. They don't argue right. with it. They just take it back. That's huge. Right. Yes, I can uh, go in. I can spend an hour on um, empathy, so we won't do that. Um, okay, who? What brand embraces imperfection? There's no company that is perfect, so let's not go there. But what brand? Imb Brad just got In and Out Burger in Colorado. <laughs> He's super excited. Uh, that 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 is an awesome burger. That is an awesome burger. Okay, go. Who embraces imperfection? Uh, imperfection. Um, I think. Um, I think the, the, a lot of brands who do that, but I'm not able to recall anything right now. Imperfection. So it's screwed up and, and owned up to it. Uh, I, I, I know uh, it, some brands did it with some, some cosmetic brands regularly do that. L'Oreal's and yeah. they go mess up on color, yeah. skin color, etc. That's and exactly they, right. Dove, do you, do you remember Dove? The uh, yes, so far, yes, yes, yes. They have a campaign out about embracing imperfection. Um, right, that's right. beautiful. Yeah. So th there's a lot of companies that that embrace imperfection. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, I, you know, when you take all the, all three of these and you look at what makes a company more human, then look at those three things and and br bring them into uh, focus. And what we're trying to focus on normally is content and what makes content 
uh, more flavorful. But what if we put a lens onto simplicity, empathy, and imperfection and layer that over our content, layer that over what we do in, uh, in the world that people see from their lens and they see from, from what they're, uh, they're viewing of us. Um, right. and then, um, and then now when you take a brand and you, you look at it from all simplicity, the imperfection is very hard to find a brand that's all three. You had a hard right. enough time coming up with a brand for each one. Yeah. Now, if you take a brand and try to find two, that's harder. Now, if you take a brand and find all three, that's even harder. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so think about that. That's that's why I think companies need to spend more time on this question than they do on the questions about how are we going to market, how are we going to sell, how are we going to uh, uh, create, you know, uh, more generally. Try to be more human, and then right, generate right. there. So anyway, right, right. that's what I would tell you is is most important about the book. Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, I think I have I have read the book once and I will get to it again. And uh, yeah, I was reading uh, one of the reports from Gartner uh, today. It's saying that the same points about empathy and all that, because pandemic has shifted everything for CMOs across the globe, across industries. They are now struggling how to connect with customers on a very more personal level. Their spending habits have changed. Uh, across uh, the the economic slabs, rich people, poor people, middle class, everybody's buying preferences have changed. So it's it's time to become more empathetic. So that was the crux of that report. All right, well, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> right. So my uh, my questions, you know, because when when you agreed to come on the show, I was not so sure what to ask you. Uh, to be honest with you, and I wanted to cover so much. So I have just crammed in a lot of questions, which I wanted to put. If I meet you personally, I would have asked you that. Oh. Right. <laughs> so my next question is, you know, you are one of the leading executive coaches. And I have heard lots of people talking about how you have touched their lives and changed their lives. So can you share some of the life principles you recommend to people every day, uh, especially during times like these? Sure. Yeah. Um I'll, well, during times like these is is uh, the biggest uh, biggest one because uh, you know that's uh, there's so much to cover. Uh, the The biggest one that I would say is uh, it, it's it's over self care. Right. Self care right. is huge right now, and it's it's kind of funny because it's it's really uh, it's really interesting that we're all home, and for me to say self care while we're home, it's like it's like well, I'm home. Isn't that <laughs> enough? It isn't self care enough if I'm home, and it's not um, because we're 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 yes we're we're stuck in our home, and right. um, and but we're not. Um, Self-care means not just taking care of ourselves while we're home, but also what are we doing to um, What's going on in our head? What's the words that we're using? And what are we, what do we wake up with? What's the, what is the process that we're using throughout our day to keep track and take care of ourselves? Um, how, how, what is the um, process to, to take care of our health, 
Um, right. Where are we looking to uh, make sure that we have time with our family? I know you have an awesome son who just had a birthday that yep, have, yep. Have a birthday. Thank you so uh, much. <laughs> and um, it's the, it's the self care that matters the most right now. And right. how we do that. I have, my five minute journal that um, is my lifeline. I do three minutes in the three uh, things in the morning that I want to accomplish every day. And I keep it really simple every day and uh, things. It's one, one that I, I want to do personally, one that I want to do in, in business, uh, one goal. And then, um, and then one I want to do with my family. And I just look at three things. And if I've done those three things every day, then I consider that day a success. And I'm just really easy on myself. And right. I think that, um, I think we all have lists of 10 things and 15 and 20. And, um, and, and that's fine if you have a separate list for that. Because we do have to, business must go on. Right. But, uh, but I got to focus on those three as, a, as the main priority. And those right. are like my critical big things that fill me up. Right. Um, and I got to do that for me. And that's my self-care list. So, um, so that's what I do. And um, health is part of that too. Right. And, uh, right. So I would say self-care is huge. How we talk to ourselves as being part of that, noticing what's going on up in your head and, um, and then quieting uh, your, your voice that's saying, you can't do this. You can't do that. You should be, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. And just saying, you know what, you can do this. You can right. do that. You'll be okay. Right. You've always right. come out of this. You've always been fine. You've always been okay. You've always been taken care of. You've always had a roof over your head. You've always had food. You've always taken care of your family. Right. You'll you'll be off. You'll be fine. Right, right. Yeah, I think I think those uh, self talk is very very important. Uh, I have your affirmation on my phone all the time, uh, which oh. I I use that in the morning and the evening. So yeah, self talk. Do you have it? Do you have it ready? Is it like nearby? Yeah, it's, it's it's on my uh, keep notes. So uh, I keep it on my notes itself. So here it is. What does it say? It says, now I am the voice. I will lead, not follow. I will believe, not doubt. I'll create, not destroy. I am the for I am a force for good. I'm the leader. Defy the odds. Set a new standard. Step up. Nice. <laughs> nice. So I, I say that in the morning and the evening. And I, I try to keep remembering it and repeat it. Oh. Right. <laughs> that's uh, that's why I wanted to ask this question to you, especially when you come on the show. You know, because I know that you follow certain uh, you know principles strongly in your life. Also, I have your fitness related question coming later. Okay. <laughs> all right. Good. Uh, uh, your second book, Shareology: How Sharing yeah. Is Powering the Human. It's it's all about how sharing economy works and how it provides competitive advantage to individuals and organizations. So uh, like with the first book, if you can share some key uh, insights or tips from that book, that would be fantastic. Sure, yeah. That uh, that book was, like you said, about what, why, where, when, and how people and brands share. I right. did a uh, research uh, with over 250 people about what uh, what makes people share, why do they share, and right. uh, 
I interviewed them across the board and figured out that uh, there's one thing, one reason for why they share. And, uh, and, and in the book, there's a formula for how to share and boiled it down to um, the, what you share uh, is equal to uh, equal to how you are perceived. Um, and so what that means is you are what you share. And right, so right. what that also means is that if you wanted to change uh, the perception of what you, how you're perceived in, 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 um, in your work, business, and life, you can change what you share in an authentic way to create and shift in any direction. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm living proof of that because I moved from being a, a marketer to, uh, to coaching people in how to grow their businesses. And I just shifted basic, not just, it took some time, but it shifted uh, what I shared in terms of what, um, what I was doing. So um, you, you just do time and you can shift what you do. Um, uh, point case in point, a, uh, a shift, a shift in, um, in anything that you do in sharing um, uh, just a small shift over time is, is really important. Um, so you want to test and try things. And that's what the book is about and is testing and trying over sharing. Um, right. Now, when I took all the interviews of over those, uh, you know, all walks of life, uh, psychiatrists and sociologists and CEOs and CMOs and you name it and put all of their transcripts into uh, word cloud generator and, um, and then I, you know, about why they share the number one reason in the word cloud that came out for why they share was connection. And so connection is the number one reason and, and, and human desire right. us together, which also comes back to what happened during this pandemic when we had connection taken away from us, when we were putting our, you know, uh, told that we needed to stay home. Um, right. it's, it's no wonder that, um, that you know now we call it human to zoom to human, um, and, and and connection was taken away. But now we we need connection more than ever. So right. um, so yeah, that's um, that is what that's what the book is about is how to then shift in your in your social sharing and your and and not just social. I covered all kinds of sharing, any kind of sharing, and in, in human sharing, physical right. sharing, all kinds of sharing. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. So uh, my next question is a little bit uh, on the business side. So you you are the perfect example of, as you mentioned, of genuine human connections. You know, so can organizations, you know, they have immense pressures of profits and performance and all that. Can they rely on genuine human relationships for their growth? Any advice on that? Generating human relationships in what? Uh, I, what I'm asked is like, you know, uh, organizations, can they rely on genuine relationships for their, towards their growth? Or is it, is it just, you know, uh, processes and profits and things like that? Oh, towards their goals? Um, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. I, I would say community though. Um, okay. Community at the center is what it's, what I, I'm focused on. Um, and, right. and that's made up of connections, as you mentioned. So yeah, um, relationships are, are key in, in building your business. And 
um, we buy from people, you know, it's, right, it's, right. Set, it's set all over the place. We buy from people. We don't buy from companies. Um, right. And so, yeah, the, the relationships are, are key and how we build those up um, is key too. And, and one of the things that I think, you know, how we approach people is the, is the difference in how relationships are made. Um, right. You know, how somebody comes at us is how we accept them into our bubble. And so right. when someone comes at us with, um, with the, how their energy presents itself is, is how we're going to um, allow them in or not allow them in. And, um, right. and what attracts us to them um, when we see them and their, their energy somewhere on the internet or in a social media group or something. Um, right. And we want to get to know them. Um, and so what you're putting out there on the internet, I think matters. And so that's where um, I think it, it, what you, what we all want is just, um, just to focus on the relationship first and, uh, and put, put business second. And I know that that's hard for most people because, um, because there's, there is a, uh, there is this desire, there is this need for us to have to support our families. And there's a need for us to create, um, a, uh, business pipeline of work coming in. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're an executive or in, in, um, wherever you're at in, in your corporate life, then that changes things a little bit, but no matter where you're at, if you're uh, a living human being and you put people first, uh, you'll live a much better life. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I wanted to ask this question to you because some, some, some companies uh, you can see by their social media activities and things like that. It's, it's, it's they put a fake, uh, you know, fake kind of image when they're dealing with their community and their community building. It's, we can uh, sense the feeling that they are there for the sale, not to build a community or have empathy for that community, etc. But on having said that, there are brands, for example, one of the brands which I love is Buffer. Uh, they have a different kind of culture, different, uh, no offices, remote working from day one, achieving good results. So that's, that's, uh, uh, that's why I wanted to ask this question. All right, mm. moving on, uh, let's talk a little bit about your coaching, you know, since you shifted to that. So I wanted to know that what kind of coaching uh, do you provide to individuals and organizations? And what are the common challenges your clients come to you uh, to solve? Um, the coaching that I do is with high um, performing individuals that are looking to grow their business. And they uh, uh, the, the coaching that I've done has, has actually shifted over time. So uh, but now it's, it's focused on entrepreneurs, executives, and, um, uh, uh entrepreneurs, executives, and coaches. Um, okay. and I'll tell you in a second about the coaches part, cause that's actually, uh, becoming a focus of its own. Um, but the, the private coaching that I'm, that I've done is actually done extremely well, um, which I'm grateful for. And, and that is, um, more one-on-one -on -one work that I get to do with individuals on helping them to build their, um, 
their business uh, and, and themselves. So a lot of the work really comes down to mindset. Um, right. It does, even though I'm a business person, I've had a, the agency for 18 years and I do focus on that stuff. Um, right. But mindset is, is first, because if you don't have the mindset stuff in place, then all that doesn't work. Um, right. You can't go after business with, with a bad mindset. If you don't have the yeah. right mindset, it won't work. So, um, so you know, so, and so, um, so there's that. And um, once you have that, then you start to uh, work through things like a puzzle. Um, it's just a giant puzzle, like, like any business. And, and, and you've got a thousand pieces and you got to start to put together one piece at a time and figure out where the pieces lay. And, um, and hopefully you're, you're hiring a coach because a coach can help to spot where the missing pieces are, where you right. can't as fast. Um, when you're looking at the, the puzzle yourself, you are, you are the puzzle. You're <laughs> the puzzle. And when you're the puzzle, then you can't, you can't see the blind spots as well. Now, right. can you eventually do it yourself? Yes. Um, will you do it as fast? Not as much. Uh, and so that's where a coach can come in and help you. And so that's what I'm doing is I'm helping to spot uh, where are the puzzle pieces and how can we move them faster into place and then uh, right. test and try what's going to work and how is that going to grow based upon each person's unique need because every every person is different. Right. Um, so there's that. Um, second is the coaches. And I just launched a program for coaches that – will um help what i realized is that my my um um i love brad brad's a brad brad is a uh i think i can say this brad is a uh a client of mine and right. so so he thanks for the shout out man um so <laughs> um, so he so uh the coaching um uh group that i just launched is to help coaches and and it works for consultants too um coaches that uh know how to coach, they know how to consult, um, but they don't, they haven't been taught to generate uh, growth. Right. And right. so this is, this is just to show them and teach them how to generate that growth the way that I did with, you know, a lot of your, those, um, um, uh, at this point, I'm not taking new private clients. And so it's how to get to that point where you can not take that and get a line out the door and say, you know, I, I want that part. I want to get to that point so that I can have a nice little balanced life and create and generate without worrying about that piece. So that's what I, why I created that group to help coaches get to that piece. Cause usually they come out of a coaching program and they, they start to, they, they're like, Oh my God, I want to coach more. And then they're looking around and they're like, wait, where are the clients? How do I do this? What do I do? And, and um, because I, no, I no marketing from my past and I'm a coach. I'm like, why don't I pull the two together and help them do what I just did? So that's, that's what I'm going to do. Fantastic. Fantastic. Right. So, uh, you know, uh, I also wanted to touch upon because since fit fitness and things like that, it's one of my priorities this year, I want to lose weight and get fitter and you yourself have a personal fitness success story. So if you can share some, actionable tips on how mortals like us can get into a fitness regime and get fitter. <laughs> I'm happy to, I'm more than happy to. Um, I uh, wasn't always this way. And so I can honestly tell you that if you're uh, in a place where you're in a funk or don't have, aren't in a routine, I can, I'll, I can empathize with you there too, because, right. um, and, and I've also, uh, 
I, I go in and out of routine often, um, <laughs> even now, um, okay. because of, you know, over the last year, it takes a lot to, even when I'm home, like I, right. I, I do much better when there's gyms open. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you what I do. Um, so the, the, the thing that I have to do is, um, I used to do well with somebody keeping me, uh, like coaching me. Um, I, I, I used to do well with that and I used right. to pay somebody to do that. And I did do well with that. And it might work for a lot of people too. Um, right. and that, that was helpful to me because, excuse me for a sec. No worries. I, I had a, um, I had a great coach and he taught me the, the things that I didn't know about food and, and about, um, uh, well, a lot about food and then a lot about, um, then, uh, stretch exercises that I needed to do to warm my body up before I exercise. So I didn't hurt myself. And then the exercises themselves and then putting together the exercises that actually worked for my body versus just right. going in and and crushing it because I'm no spring chicken anymore. And so I, if I walk in and just start lifting weights, I actually, that, that hurt me where 20 years ago, I could just walk in and, and, and I was, and it was a weight lifter. So, um, I, my head doesn't work. My head works differently than the way my body does now. So, um, and I was a weight, I was a weight lifter and I was a wrestler in high school. And so my body is not reacting the way that my head does. And it really kind of messes with me now. Um, so, so now I, um, I did that. And then I, I also got, uh, I was, I was morbid. I was classified as morbidly obese by my doctor. Uh, this was roughly three to four years ago. And, um, I was at that point, I was 75 to 80 pounds, I think 75 pounds heavier than I am now. And I was devastated and I had, di she had diabetes and it was a bad country song. And um, I, I uh, basically, uh, you know, went in, got all the drugs, got the diabetes drugs, got all that stuff. And, and I had a choice to reverse my life and, um, or rever to, uh, take a U-turn or not. And right. um, my son uh, sat me down literally. And so he was, 12 and he sat me down and he said, uh, he said, dad, um, uh, he, he said, dad, I really want you to be around and right. you're, you're not going to be okay. And I want you to be around. Whoa, Henry. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. And that was just, that was it. That was the moment and it just completely took me and uh, I will never forget that. Cause that was the moment I said, okay, um, I'll do it. And I took, I did everything I could. And I, um, I went to, uh, went to the uh, uh, doctor and I, I called, uh, I called my, uh, I called my brother and my dad. They were both doctors as well. Uh, my dad, my brother, funny enough, he's a, uh, he became a doctor recently at that time and his focus right. was on um, his focus was on uh, diabetes and obesity. So he put me in touch with a much better doctor. I took control of my health. I took control of 
um, I got on better diabetes drugs and then I went back in and to make a long story short, cause I know I'm doing a lot of talking here to do a That's long funny. story short. I took control of, um, how I was going to eat and my eating was my problem. And so, uh, the, the, the everyday stuff that you're asking about, it wasn't right. my, it wasn't the workout stuff. It was the, what do I put in my mouth? And so for me, I had log my food. So I downloaded the app, lose it. I tracked my food. I made sure I stayed within my goal of my food every day. And I still do that. And that's my main goal. And then I add exercise in later after about three to six months. Cause if I use exercise as my crutch, then it doesn't work. So here I am um, today and I met my goal. I'm still 10 pounds away from the ultimate goal, but I'm, I'm way better than I was. And I kept my promise to him. Right, right. That's fantastic. Uh, thanks to Henry for that. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. All right. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I have a question about your, uh, you're one of the sought after keynote speakers, you know, I've seen your uh, talks and on the topics, you know, though, you talk on various topics. So what are some of the uh, most common topics which you have given keynotes on? And maybe some of your favorite keynotes, if you can remember. Um, uh, I know my, that are one so of many. my favorite keynotes is yeah. One of my favorite keynotes is probably in Rimini, Italy, um, because the setting was just and the people and the food and everything was just so. Uh, everything was ten, a ten out of ten, a twelve out of ten, twenty out of ten. It was just so amazing. I mean. Uh, it was in this forum that was um, almost like right out of a, a Italian uh, picture, like you know, it was just like this this uh, this huge coliseum, and everyone was so welcoming. And when they when they meet you, of course, it's before COVID, but when they meet you, they everybody hugs you and kisses you on both sides of the cheek, and then they welcome you, and then they say, "Oh, Brian, we we welcome you in," and just like, and then it's like a kissing line all the way into the thing, and you're like, "Oh my God!" They treat you like you're you are so welcome to this place, and then um, you know. Uh, the, then, then you, the, the meals there are like eight course meals and you, the, the, and then in, in Italy, their food is just off the top of the, right. oh my God. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just everything about it was really good. Um, right. keynotes, that would be the, that would be one of the top. And then also uh, when I spoke in Colombia, um, that would be another one because they, uh, what I don't know, part of it was kind of a little creepy, but um, when I walked into my hotel room, <laughs> they had my H2H brand into everything. Um, like it was in, in the, like it was in the wall art. It was in the, um, it was in the fridge wrapped around all the, the beer in the beer cans. It was in the lamp. Um, they had inserted cards in, into the lamp of HDH cards. It was kind of a little, like I said, a little creepy because <laughs> like, I'm surrounded by my brand. And this is a little bit like much for me, but it was, uh, in, and then they took care of you too, front to end. Like you had your own driver and your own stuff. And it was really, really neat. You knew where they were coming from and it was really neat. 
all that. Right. We're right. not, we're not, we're flawed. Don't, don't get me wrong. We, right. we have our moments, but, right. but yeah, we found our way of understanding how to work together at work and at home so that it wasn't, um, it wasn't going to jeopardize our marriage and our relationship. Right, right. Absolutely. I, one of the fun things I love about you guys is your live sessions <laughs> and your videos you both make together, the birthday wishes. It's so funny and so cool. I, I look forward to them, actually. Oh, uh, well, we'll put you on the list. <laughs> You're on the list. <laughs> it's actually so much fun, your live sessions. Uh, the way you guys interact. Anyways, my final question, which I ask every guest who comes on the show is, how has COVID-19 impacted Brian and how has it impacted your work so far? Um, well, I came into this year and my word was presence. And then this year kind of, uh, I mean, this can't a year that wasn't all about presence. So I mean, every Buddhist in the world is kind of like saying, welcome. Right. <laughs> We're, we are all about presence this year. So, um, so how did it affect my year? I'm, I'm I became more, more, um, more, uh, probably this year I became more grounded and more understanding around myself than ever. Um, and I, I learned to understand, I think more than ever, how to be bored and be okay with it. Right. Um, because there were moments where I actually just kind of like, and that's not to say that I didn't have a lot to do in business, but I mean, there, there are times when, um, you know, I, I was picking up hobbies off Amazon to try and figure out, you know, I was painting, I was, um, you know, trying to create like poke, coloring and I mean I can't even tell you and uh and then finally I just would like just you know I walked a lot I, and and it was just like trying to figure out what I want and then finally I just was like well what if I just sit and just be and I'm just okay with that Sorry, and I'm just good and that's okay and that's that's like that's kind of kind of a gift when you actually like you can't go sit with your friend or call them up and go do something. And you're just like, you know what? I'm tired of like, just get some Amazon and figure out a hobby. And yes, I could do that, but what if I'm just going to be, and that's all right. I'm going to be okay with that. So that's the lesson I got was just, what if it, it's okay to just be, and that's okay. In a different way than we would have done two years ago. Or three years ago, like where you're, where you're just getting a meditation app and, or a meditation and you're actually like reinforcing it this year, you're just like, I'm just going to be, cause that's okay. Um, and how did it affect my business? It, it actually didn't, this was one of my best years in business, uh, believe it or wow. not. Um, wow. I don't, I don't know exactly why I don't know why. Um, I, I don't know. Um, it was a really stellar year and I'm grateful for it. And I, and I loved every inch of it. The, the thing I had to be careful of was zoom fatigue um, because I was, I was on zoom a lot. And so that's um, part of the, part of the reason why I had to shut off on private coaching and make sure that I'm not taking on enough uh, too much. So, right, um, right. so that's, 
that's the thing. And I, I actually, with a lot of my clients, I ask that we go on audio only and then we go outside and we go for a walk together and I coach them while we're walking. And that, that makes a huge difference. Um, and, and try that. I mean, it's fun and you get some exercise. I think you get more out when you're audio, you know, Right, right, right. All right. All right. Thank you, uh, Brian, uh, so much for this much spending almost an hour with me. And uh, it was such a, such a, such a, I can't express this in words. Such a fantastic uh, time talking to you and seeing you virtually. And uh, take care and stay safe. Wait, one question for you. Do we have time for one question I can ask you? Sure, sure, sure. Please. What did you learn this year? Oh, this year I learned so many lessons. One of the most important thing is I am a person who gets uh, built up over pretty trivial things. So I realized that most of the things I worry about, they never happen. Mm. So that is the one thing I learned this year. And so I've taken, I'm also, I'm also just me, you know, I'm being here at the moment. So that was the one big lesson I learned. Ah. Oh. <laughs> it feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it feels so. So much of weight has been lifted off your shoulders. You know, you just worry, worry all the time. Then suddenly this pandemic hit, and you are like, "Oh my God, I was worrying about that thing." Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was the biggest eye opener for me. Oh, that's um, the best. <laughs> thank you so much, Brian. And I want you to stay safe. Things are still crazy. I am hearing a lot of negative news from the US and uh, stay safe and say hello to everybody, Henry, uh, Courtney and everybody. Emerson, and yeah. <laughs> thank thank you. you so much. Thank, thank you, so you much. as well. I love you, brother. And uh, see the H Hub and on the interwe interwebs. And I'm so happy we finally got a chance to really, at least virtually meet, but one day it'll be a real hug. Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm looking forward to that day, the time I get to meet you. <laughs> Me too. Oh, Me too. Oh, take all care. Right. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. So that was Brian Kramer. You can see, you can feel the love, the empathy in his words, right? He is one of my favorite people, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Uh, these are the kind of people whom I call uh, mentors. They change your life. Uh, they have touched my life in various ways, my personal, professional, all facets of my life. So that's the whole purpose of the show. I want to bring people like Brian who have lived their life fully and can share some snippets and some life lessons. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I'll see you next week with another amazing guest who will talk something about leadership. Take care, guys. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Thrifty Marketer Podcast. For more exciting episodes like these, please follow the Thrifty Marketer Podcast today. Now available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. See you next episode.